0: I guess this is going to be with us for a while, Sakina. I mean, as, as frustrating as it is to, to many market watchers that it, it's just Trump, Trump, Trump in the shorter term, <laughs> I guess this is really what's driving driving market sentiment. Uh, and I say the Trump effect is waning because, remember, there was a lot of optimism priced into uh, expectations around the Trump presidency. Uh, yesterday, obviously, was his first, uh, I guess, working day in office. Uh, and one of the first executive orders that he's decided to pass uh, is effectively exiting that TPP, that, that Trans-Pacific partnership. Uh, This pressuring the U.S. dollar, it's seeing stocks slide. uh, And the reason for that is, uh, as I kind of alluded to yesterday, uh, the focus seems to be more on the isolationist protectionist stance in the shorter term rather than some of those tax cuts that he's actually promised uh, a lot of the companies, a lot of the middle class in the United States. Uh, and if that is the way this plays out just chronologically, uh, that may actually represent a drag before you actually see any uplift in terms of that U.S. consumer sector and company earnings. I, I think the focus, uh, hopefully over the course of, of, of the coming week, should slowly shift away from Trump, should shift away from trade policy, uh, and maybe we'll get a little bit more of an emphasis in terms of results as we go through into the into the rest of this week, uh, but in the shorter term, I guess that trump effect uh, still dominating at a macro level. Uh, we certainly bucked the trend, our markets closed up u uh, s markets were lower yesterday uh, we 'll just need to see whether that filters through to our to, to sentiment in, in our domestic market today, uh, but Asia so far looking a little bit upbeat, and that 's simply because you know, China is Uh, ideally situated to take advantage of a more isolationist United States. Uh, And so, ironically, South Africa's very close ties with China over the course of the last decade or so uh, may certainly come through to our benefit at this point in time.
1: Mm. And and, and, then just on that, uh, the United States exiting that uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, uh, that has seen the dollar weaken and and, uh, supporting commodities in the short-term, Ahmed.
0: It's pressured the dollar. The dollar had gotten uh, quite ahead of itself. Uh, it doesn't change my longer term view, Sakina, for a stronger dollar into the tail end of the year. What it does do, however, in the shorter term is that we are seeing that dollar index, that trade-weighted dollar. It's testing uh, a level around 100 index points. Uh, and maybe there's a little bit more downside for the dollar. It will take another percent, one or two percent uh, to the downside on the dollar. In the shorter term, that's supportive of commodities, uh, specifically if you have a look at your base metals complex. If have a look at copper, for example, iron ore. Those have done very well since November when the Trump presidency was announced. Uh, it rallied on the back of an expectation around fiscal stimulus globally and an uptick in terms of global growth. Uh, that seemed to stabilize somewhat, uh, and now they seem to be uh, being kept afloat by the fact that if we get a slightly weaker dollar in the shorter term, uh, that generally tends to correlate with stronger commodity prices and a stronger performance by commodity orientated guarantees like the RAND. We've had our RAND flirting, with this 13.50 level, and probably with a little bit of a downside bias, whether this is enough to push that rand below that 13.20 level, which has been quite sticky to the downside, still needs to be seen. Uh, that would be the next level I'd be watching uh, at, at the bottom end.
1: Indeed, and uh, the other thing that uh, we are also looking at is, of course, the uh, political risk premium, especially uh, on the local front, Mohammed.
0: Unfortunately, I mean, Sakina, I like to steer away from politics and to stay as apolitical as possible. But it's just something you cannot ignore in the markets at the moment. There seems to be a little bit of an overhang from last week, and certainly with the news stories over the weekend around the fake news, for example. uh, The reason I raise this is that because the global factors are playing to our favor, we've got a stronger RAND, we've got bond yields that are relatively supported, we've got an equity market that seems to be doing fine. Uh, And in that kind of context, it's quite simple to ignore nor the fact that the local risk premium has been rising. It's been rising over the course of the last week or two, uh, and that's been on the back of unease in the markets around new stories uh, that uh, that around a potential cabinet reshuffle. So that unease, I think, maybe gets lost in the bigger noise around the Trump trade, around the weaker dollar that we've spoken about. But it's definitely there in the market. If you speak to market participants, you know, it's still on everyone's lips. It's on everyone's minds. And I think the reason for this, Sakina, is that everyone still remembers those scars and battle wounds that we got uh, during December 2015 around the MeneGate uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. So the, the one point, I guess, to stress here is that uh, you, we need consistency. We need some sort of line of sight in terms of, of, of just policy certainty and so forth in order to breed calm in markets, uh, And that, unfortunately, at this point in time, seems to be on the back foot. Uh, just keep an eye on that. It does remain a little bit of a tail risk.
1: Oh, Muhammad, thanks so much. We're going to leave it there for this morning. Mohamed Nala, Head of Strategic Research at NetBank CIB. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.